You're a wizard, Harry. Welcome to the Harry Potter Book Club for the Order of the Phoenix with Jaya Shrestha, Sarah Tompkins, and I'm Michael DeMauro. This week we discuss Chapter 21, The Eye of the Snake. We have a special guest, and the battle for the Quizzage Cup continues. Alright, um... People for 100. I want to get zero points in this one. <laughs> Who replaced Hagrid as care of magical creatures teacher in his absence? <laughs> oh, that was tough, audience. I think it's Michelle. Yeah. I was waiting until the end of the question because I'm notorious. Yeah, you're not. Here. Sorry for buzzing in before the end of the question. You have to wait until the end of the question to buzz in. Yeah. Somebody tally what, where we are. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Yeah, I, got, I got, got it. I got it. it. Oh, okay. Got it. All right. <laughs> I got you, baby. You go. Oh, it's me? Okay. Oh, no, wait. Yes. Yes, it is me because I lost. Oh, and it's me again. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Places for 100. Places for 100. Go okay. for the sevens. No, no, guys, get to the good stuff. All right. What is the name of the ward where Mr. Weasley was recuperating? That's the 100 question? Um, <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Michael. Uh, magical fights and things. It's the actual name of the word. The name of the word, I have mm-hmm. no fucking idea. <laughs> that was a good guess, though. And Sarah, do you want to try? Gravely wounded on the job. <laughs> Intensive care unit. No, it's the Di Llewellyn ward. What? 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 Oh, what? That's Jesus. Okay. Good try, good try, good try. We both lost, so what happens there? Well, Sarah has less points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get to go again. Uh, I get to go again. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> we can't keep doing loser offs. It's going to be a long... Okay. Yeah. I have um, a lot of... But it's fine. Items for 200. Items for oh. 200. What type of magical powder causes the skin to get a crusty covering like a glove? <laughs> Are you Tim Allen from Home Improvement? <laughs> like, that's the Home Improvement sound. Yes. Um, mugwort? What? I don't know. Isn't there like... Is it No, there's like a mug, mug, mugwort. It's close Mugwomp, mugwomp. I think it's safe to say you Do you want to try? I don't know. It's wart cap. That's not close. She said mug wart. It had wart. Do you want a half point? I'm not gonna give a half point for that. That's not. I'm gonna get a lot of feedback. I would love to get a half point. That's a good guess. Yes. But I'd rather start with it. Dang. No. What's next? No. I'm still losing. Chapter 21, The Eye of the Snake. 
beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I was actually thinking that sounds like a terrible thing at a casino. Like, 21, eye of the snake. I don't know, it just sounds like bad things happening at a casino. This bad. Uh, this is a good chapter. Is it? This is... <laughs> Tav Town would read again. This is one of the this is one of the best chapters in this book, I think. But let me I'll just I'll just like I'll just get into it here. Is it yeah, because you're recapping it? I'm recapping it, yeah. I don't know what happened. You really fucked this up. So Hermione goes to visit Hagrid by herself because the boys have so much homework to do. Um she essentially wants to convince him to not do a bad lesson because he's gonna get reviewed by old umbridge i mean this is you could probably call this meddling uh in that she's going to tell a teacher how to do his his job those pesky kid those pesky yeah. kid those pesky that pesky kids kid. mm-hmm. later on uh, haggard comes in for breakfast for the first time with his face all beat up and stuff and Let's just say the the response to seeing him back is uh, mixed. There is some people who are very happy to see him run up and shake his hand. And other people who are like, oh, okay, I guess grubbly planks out. And this guy's back in with his blasted scoots and all that stuff. This guy over here. This guy. I love Hagrid. But like, I kind of can understand why those kids are like. Can okay. can we not? Can but we not? Grubbly Plank. Grubbly Plank is better, please. Uh, I mean, a Grubbly Plank he, seemed really cool. In fairness, I think Hagrid should really focus on the gamekeeping. The, like the well, like the seventh years, maybe because right. like he knows his stuff. But also, guys, by the way. Uh, maintaining the grounds of a major property like Hogwarts it's is no a full-time job. That's not that's not just a part-time task. He should be just yeah. focused your energy on that. Well, so anyway, he he did not take he does not take Hermione's lessons. He kind of just or does not want her helping him plan his lessons. He just kind of shrugs her off. And uh, they it's time for class, and they all they all go down to Hagrid's hut, and he just uh, bad sign immediately leads them into the forbidden forest oh good mm, i'm excited yeah. and uh he's being real like sort of cagey about what they're doing he's like oh yeah we have the only herd of the train i've trained uh trained these things in, in <laughs> great britain and oh they like it in the dark and he's carrying like a half of a cow with him and it's unless you're talking this. about glow worms hagrid i don't want to see him yeah none, none of this is great so you throw. They come to a clearing. He throws this mutilated cow on the ground, and uh, and he's like, "All right, I'm gonna call him." And Harry sees out of the forest a, a great big black reptile-like winged horse. Oh no! Come walking out, and he's like, "Oh, thank God." <laughs> Because these are the things that he saw pulling the carriages and stuff, and he thought he was crazy. But no, these are real, real being, real creatures, and um, and apparently only a very few of the students can actually see these creatures. This seems like an inefficient lesson. Yeah, I like to call them wingdings. <laughs> um, yeah, you can call them that. Uh, so these Hagrid uh, actually teach starts teaching, which is neat. And um, apparently these are Thestrals, and they were originally thought 
to be unlucky because only people that have seen death can see them. So Harry can see him because he he watched his good buddy Cedric snuff it right in front of him. Only a few other people like Neville and and some other random person can see these guys. But, you know, Hagrid says they're not unlucky at all. They're actually dead clever. Um, They're really neat in a lot of ways. Mm. And uh, and this is at this point is when Umbridge shows up. And she no. does this, yeah, she does this whole thing where she like pretends that she can't understand Hagrid Ugh. and uh, talks to him like really slow and that's really cute. And yeah, it's annoying. And she's like loudly taking notes. And she's like, you know, does must resort to pantomiming, blah blah, you know, stuff like that. Like she's Ew. really being. Really being a piece of shit. I've actually had this happen to me where I used to work uh, at Marshall's uh, in high school. And there were a couple of people that looked at me and saw that I was brown and would just immediately act like they didn't understand me and would go to my coworker to talk to. So it's not a great Ouch. feeling. Wow. Howie. That's super dumb. Owie. Yeah. So, yeah. So she's like, uh, did you know that the ministry has classified Thestrals as dangerous creatures? Oh. And Hagrid's like, oh, come on. You know, if you, they'll bite you, sure. But like, so will a dog <laughs> if you bait it. That's true. <laughs> But it's also like the difference between getting bit by a chihuahua versus getting bit, I don't know, by, by a Great, a great Dane. Dane. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep listening. Uh, you'll understand why we're saying that in a little. Just a few minutes. There's a, there's a thread. There's a thread through this episode, and it is unsettling. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she keeps talking loudly and slowly to Hagger like he's a big dum-dum. And, like, Hermione's, like, shaking with anger. She's so mad. And so Umbridge, like, asks Pansy Parkinson, like, can you understand him? And she's just like, no, he just grunts and points and stuff. Oh, my God. And um, and then she goes to Neville, and she's like, Neville, do you like these Thestrals? And he's like, um, well, and, like, Neville has just been told, like, oh, you can only see this because you saw your grandfather die. So he's probably not in a great place. As it is. And he's just like, um, yeah, they're good. And she's like, oh, the students are too afraid to no. admit that they're feeling threatened or whatever. Seems like you're projecting. Yeah, it's just bad, bad news. Hermione, they go back to the castle. Hermione is so mad. And she's like, this was actually a good lesson this time. He was like telling us good stuff. It was actually not bad at all. So he did listen to Hermione-ish. Well... I mean, this is this is definitely NEWT level stuff, mm, but not OWL you know, stuff. Not OWL stuff. And uh, then they just randomly run into Malfoy, who makes fun of Ron and sings the song "Weasley is Our King" again, just because we don't want to. We want to. We don't want to forget that that is that keep ongoing that, thing. Gotta keep that thread <laughs> and clap about it. <laughs> gotta keep that thread. Clap back. <laughs> it is almost Christmas. <laughs> This is going to be great. I'm sorry. I'm, Alan, I'm so sorry. I, I apologize um, so deeply, Alan. Uh, it's, almost, it's almost Christmas, and they have so much homework, you all. Oh, wait. And, are, you, uh, are you saying Yule for Christmas? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to only say that this this holiday season. I hate like, I'm going to be like, you'll want to go open some presents now? I'm going to do that. 
Man, they have so much homework that Hermione doesn't even have time to knit more hats. Oh my gosh. Oh no. And, you know, Harry Harry hasn't told her that Dobby is just scooping all those things up. But um <laughs> but things are just they're so rough here at Hogwarts this time around. Harry this is for the first time ever, Harry's actually looking forward to leaving. Like he wants to get out of here for for the uh Christmas break. Are you FF like a great Dane or a Chihuahua would say? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's kind of bummed, but then Ron's like, "Oh, I was supposed to tell you three weeks ago. You're coming to the uh, the borough for Christmas." Jesus. And so, thanks for keeping that secret, Ron. Good news. Harry's super pumped, and he's a little bit sad that Sirius is going to be all alone. But he's also like, uh, "Too bad, Rim. Sorry, bro. Get out of here." <laughs> yeah. So it's time for the last DA meeting. Ooh. Yeah, Harry gets there, and apparently Dobby has decorated the place because there's all of these ornaments uh, hanging from the ceiling that say, have a very hairy Christmas, and they have his face on it, <laughs> which is pretty good. Right. That is so I appreciate good. that, Dobby. How is that, like, not at every single... Like, I've been to plenty of places that sell, sell Harry Potter crap. Yeah. Like, I how is that know. not a thing that's for sale? But it needs to be. You know, right? I, now I need to make one. Like, I need to make myself an ornament or something this christmas yeah that just says have a very hairy christmas yeah. and it's just like a dumb face of harry yeah. potter on it. i have a question also so uh yeah. should i wait until the end of this or should i ask him yeah out? wait to the end okay i'll just have to remember it Ooh. good write it down or something so luna comes in first and she's like oh look mistletoe and harry's like oh damn and he like jumps out <laughs> from underneath it <laughs> And uh, she's like, that's smart. They're probably infested with nargles, which Harry doesn't know what a nargle is. But at that point, Angelina comes in and he's like, you've been replaced, Harry. Uh, we've qu- uh, Ginny, <laughs> everything okay, sir? I killed a fly on my keyboard. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Um, continue. She's okay. <laughs> no, continue. It's fine. It's all good. Keep going. So Harry has been replaced in the Quidditch team. The new seeker is Ginny Weasley. Dun, dun, it, I, Ooh, gross. I, can't I don't want to. I don't want to see it. Gross. That was a very close-up shot of a dead fly. So uh, and Andrew Kirk and Jack Sloper are the new beaters. They're like not great, but what else are you gonna do? And so that's that's the Quizich update. A Quizich. Ooh, I did it. Quiz- the Quidditch update. Hmm. Take a drink. That's the that's <laughs> Just the, the, the drinking the game. The pod drinking game. Every time one of us says it wrong. Okay. So they have their DA meeting. It's they're practicing various spells. Um, Neville is actually getting really good, and uh, everyone's actually getting really good. Like this, this is paying off. Like people are they're stunning each other. They're doing other spells that I don't remember. <laughs> Things are going great. Harry's very pleased with himself that he's uh, turns out he's a pretty good teacher. So uh, everyone starts to leave. Everyone but Cho Chang. <gasps> Why doesn't she leave? Did she forget something in the room? Oh my god, this is like every party, like house party that you have when you like invite your crush and you just like, you want everyone else to leave and you hope their crush stays around to help you like do the dishes or like clean up afterwards. (gasps) Harry. Oh yeah. Yeah. Harry's like, oh man, I hope, I hope she says happy Christmas to me. 
This is like, this is what he's hoping for. And um, and he turns around and she's the only one left. And he's like, oh, here she is. Uh, she's just gushing tears. <laughs> she's just crying. <laughs> she's like, Harry's like, oh my God, what ha- what is happening? And he realizes, he's like, oh no, she just wants to talk to me about Cedric. And uh, she, she, Cho is like, man, I wonder if Cedric had known all this stuff, if he'd still be alive. And Harry's like, no, Cedric did know all this stuff. He was really good at it. But, you know, if Voldemort wants to kill you, you did. Gonna die. And, 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 but, you know, she obviously. Probably uh, not plays, comforting. To her. She plays the but Voldemort tries to kill you every year and you never die card. Mm. Um, and Harry's just like ah, it's you know it's nothing. Like, I, I don't got, know. I got this cool scar. It's basically, have you seen the scar? Bulletproof vest. Yeah. Um, so she's still just crying, and but then she's like, "Harry, you're a really good teacher," and uh, and she's like, "Oh look." Mi- mistletoe. Oh no! And Harry starts muttering something about nargles, and she just keeps getting closer <laughs> oh. and closer. And uh, I have butterflies and in chap- my stomach. And then, and then, well, the chapter doesn't end, but oh. the scene ends. Harry, uh, Harry's now in the common room, and he's just like shell shocked. I guess is the term that I would use. And uh, Ron and Hermione are the only ones there, and Harry's just like confused and doesn't know what to say and Hermione and her great wisdom is like is it Cho did she corner you and uh and Harry's like uh yeah and then he's like I don't should I tell them what should I say I don't know what to say and Hermione is like did you did you kiss <laughs> and and Ron like pops up he was like you know fiddling with gobstones or something before that and suddenly he becomes extremely alert and um he's like what and um and harry nods and and ron's like yeah yeah bro Bro." (laughs) (laughs) it's terrible and uh and ron's like man how was it and harry was like it was really wet (laughs) delicious (laughs) And she's and like and JK writes something about how like Ron makes a noise that could be disgusted or something else and and uh and Harry's like she was crying. Um and it turns out, according to Hermione, that Cho is crying like half of the time. Well do they ever like bring in counselors after all of this traumatic stuff happens? <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Man, that's not good. Yeah. And so then there's this super wonderful uh bit where Hermione is like, Well, do you understand how she's feeling? And and Harry and Ron are like, No. No, we don't. <laughs> and she's like, Well, she's sad because Cedric is dead. She's confused because she likes Harry, but she used to, she did like Cedric and she doesn't know which one she likes more. And, you know, but then she's feeling really guilty and she's wondering what everyone will think about her. Uh, or sorry, uh, she's feeling really guilty because, you know, she's like doesn't want to dishonor Cedric and she's worried what everyone else is going to think about her. And she doesn't actually know how she feels about Harry because he was with Cedric when he died. And she's worried that she's going to get kicked off the Quidditch team because she's flying really badly because she's having all these problems. Ugh. And and Rana's like, one person can't feel all that. They would explode. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, Ron. <laughs> 
You can't. And Hermione says, uh, just because you have the emotional range of a teaspoon doesn't mean that the rest of us <laughs> can't feel all these things. Boom! Amazing. Yeah, it's super good. And Harry sort of, Harry's like, didn't know what to do. And Hermione's like, I hope you were at least nice to her. And he's like, I kind of patted her on the back a little bit. <laughs> there, there. Yeah. Your boyfriend died. Yeah. And then is like, well, um, so are you guys going to go out? And then Harry's like, oh, I should have asked her <laughs> Oh, my God. I put chapstick on before we kiss? <laughs> Question mark? Yeah. So it's just, uh, it's, I mean, a, it's all a mess. It's as awkward as any first kiss would be, right? I guess. Yeah. I oh, Lord. Extremely. <laughs> yep. Um, so uh, Hermione's writing a letter to Victor Crumb, which Ron is very grumpy about. <laughs> And uh, when she goes and leaves, Ron's like, what does she see in him? And, you know, she's talking about the world famous international Quidditch player. So who knows what she sees? Actually, I think she likes him because he's likes books and shit. Anyway, so they go to sleep and um, Harry's sort of worrying about what Cho is thinking as he's going to bed because he should have asked her out. And, and then she starts having a dream and Cho's mad at him um, because... You know, he should have given her chocolate frogs and, and Cedric R. She has to give her lots of chocolate frogs and she's like holding handfuls <laughs> of chocolate frogs. It's a super weird dream. It sounds like um, a dream, dream I would have, to be honest. Right? <laughs> but then the dream changes and Harry is a snake. <gasps> He's slithering across the ground. He's slithering? He's slithering. And um, he comes across a, a sleeping man, and he's like, I want to bite him so bad. But he doesn't, because he, he needs to get through this door. And then the man wakes up, and he's the man that's standing up, and he's pulling out a wand. And he's like, all right, I got to do it. And so he, he bites him, and he bites him three times, and he feels his rib cages splintering okay. and all this stuff. Yeah, blood is everywhere. So Harry, at that point, his scar is burning, and Ron is like, Harry, wake up, Harry, wake up. And Harry immediately rolls over and barfs. Oh, not gross. And he's like, Ron, your dad has been attacked. <gasps> and Ron's like, it was just a dream. And he's like, it wasn't a dream. I saw it. I did it. I was a fucking snake. Yeah, so they, they I run. I am the one who snakes. <laughs> right? Um, so they run in and grab McGonagall. Uh, or sorry, McGonagall, McGonagall comes running and somebody went and got her. And um, and Harry tells her what he saw. And he's super worried that she's going to be like, I'll go back to sleep. But nope, she believes him. And she takes him to go see Dumbledore. <gasps> and that is the end of our chapter. That was so much. That was a lot, right? Jesus. Listen, yeah. before you go into your new things and your questions, I just want to mm. tell one quick story about how mm. waiting for everyone else to leave actually is a good idea because that's exactly what I did when I was drunk <laughs> and I first hang out with Josh. He asked me out. Uh, he asked me to come over to his house for a cookout. That's what I did. And I drank a lot of beer and I waited everyone out and look who's married now. <laughs> That's how you do it. Y'all. That is how you get a ring on your finger. You talk Damn. about how they should watch Game of Thrones. You get drunk and then you wait everyone out. Strategy. <laughs> nice. Um, so new things. We finally fi figure out what these Thestrals guys are and uh, they're invisible to people. Visible to people who can't if we haven't seen death, and also they have like crazy good sense of direction. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But what we're going to talk That's about That's probably Thestrals. not going to mean anything. Yeah, there's a, there's a Pottermore chapter in Thestrals that we're going to get into at a later episode. Yes. But yeah, so we'll talk about them then. 
Uh, Bajaya, I know you had a question. Oh, I did have a question. Hold on. Let me go back to it. So if you know about the Dumbledore's army or like, because I don't think Dobby exactly knows what the group is called. Mm -hmm. So if he kind of like just knows what they're doing, can you get in there? Um, Because he got in there to decorate, but he also has has his own magic. He's He's also a a house. He's like a house elf. So he kind of, I might. He has like a little ID that he can just go beep boop. And he just gets in there. My feeling is that he has like, like the master key to everywhere because he has to be able to clean everywhere because he's a house elf, right? Right, but there, I feel like the room of requirement also changes like with time or like during the day, like time of the day. So, hey, Bishai, everyone requires care from others. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, how did he get in there to decorate if the room one changes according to the requirement of the person so so is it like the room is multi-dimensional where like if i need a bathroom and i walk past that the wall at the same time the da's in there i don't think it splits into two rooms the da's in there it's already occupied so i don't i that was my question like how did he get in there to decorate alternatively Alternatively, do we know for 100% sure it was Dobby who did it? We don't know for 100% so sure. So what but if he says Harry who knows what of? Who else would have except what if Harry in his subconscious was like we should have it decorated for Christmas. He's like, but you know, you know who's not the reason for the season? Jesus. You know who's the reason for the season? Harry. And what if it like just decorated the room? That's what he needed. Image because he needs that boost of self confidence, and he knows how Mm. important he is. So, what if Dobby didn't do it? What if it was Harry? The room itself. Who? What if it was Harry who wished his own yeah Christmas party? I'm pretty sure that was it was Dobby because who else would do it? No, I think you might be onto something. Harry, and it is weird because it is like the same. It isn't like each instance of the room is its own thing because there's like a room where somebody needs to hide stuff later on and it's like it's people have been coming to the same room where people need to hide stuff for that's true like a hundred years or that's whatever. true it's not it's not a very individualized hiding yeah. room it is a, right. it is a general hiding room yeah anyway that's my that's chapter true. hey that was that's a great awesome. chapter thanks michael that's really good you're welcome thanks for sharing that do you have hey, any no other problem. questions no it's done we're done okay. it's all over Okay. It's all over. We're going to talk to Matt now. Okay, let's talk Spoilers. to Matt. Spoilers! Jesus! Oh, let's talk to a special guest. It's Matt. Fuck. <laughs> uh, so this week we have a special guest. It's Matt McCarthy. Hey, Matt. Hey, how's it going, Michael? Great. Um, it is. We've been on the call for about forty minutes now, and we just decided <laughs> to start recording. Just talking about a bunch of bullshit. So, so we've been having far. so much fun. It's just so delightful talking to you, Matt. I, I get that a lot, Michael. You'd be surprised how often I hear that. Hi, hi, Matt. Uh, hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. We're both here. Both Bajaya and I are here. Sarah and I are here too. Oh, yep. We're right here. Anyway, I only have eyes for Matt. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about, but I guess it's going to be Harry Potter related. Um, but let's, just in case people missed your episode last time, tell us a little bit, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? 
Well, for everybody I haven't met or whatever interacted with, uh, I'm Canadian, which you probably can tell from my accent. You haven't said A yet, so they probably can't. A, so A, I live in Toronto, A, <laughs> and I like hockey and back bacon. No, I do like those things, actually, But I, and I do live in Toronto, and I am a, I'm, a, I'm a lawyer. Don't hold that against me. But before I was a lawyer, I used to be a musical theater singer and performer, so I have a really weird backstory, and you should ask me about that sometime if you ever have any drinks with me. And I like GeeklyCon stuff. Yeah. Matt was uh, actually, he was our Puddlefoot champion for uh, for karaoke. Uh, I know. I literally bled for karaoke, and he still won, which tells you how good he is, I guess. The other teams had a marriage proposal, and, oh, I and Sarah literally bled about bled a gallon everywhere. of blood after hers. <laughs> Uh, two of the actually, I guess all of everyone on this podcast but me was a champion <laughs> in the karaoke contest. Well, uh, technically, I wasn't supposed to be the Cinderheart champion, but the person yeah, things happen. That yeah, it didn't work out, and I had to sing. And Sarah was very gracious in accompanying me and b- blessing the karaoke floor with our blood. You did great, consider especially considering you had like zero prep time, and you were probably wasted. I mean, we were wasted, but when are we not prepped to sing I Wanted That Way by the Backstreet Boys? Like, I'm always ready for that. It was it was amazing. Um, I actually talked to my friend about this afterwards, and he, um, his ex-wife cousin is Howie from the Backstreet Boys, and he told me that my blood was not worth it. Like, he's like, <laughs> he's like you should have just saved your blood. The Backstreet Boys aren't worth it. And I was like, cool. But you know what? You were amazing, Matt. I do have to give it to you. Uh, Matt, who is uh, – he's a Puddlefoot. I'm a Puddlefoot. We're, we're on the Geekly, uh, GeeklyCon house Puddlefoot together. Uh, and I don't know who chose him as champion, but um, they did a great job because despite all these other sort of extremely eventful things, uh, Matthew still won it. He still won, he still won the whole thing. Damn you, Matthew. And Emily was there as well, but – Let's let's be honest. honest. It was all Emily. It was all Emily Crawford. She was the reason was we won. I was. Pretty, I mean, you were spectacular. What's what song did y'all sing? I, I might have been. They made up. They made up their own words. Yeah, it was you and me from Book of Mormon. But yeah, I made it. I geeklified it. Oh, I love it. So yeah, it was good. pretty good. It's called pandering to it, your audience. It's a very very good approach to it anything. Worked. I mean, it worked. It definitely worked because Bajai and I had a sing along. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I'm not. I'm not bitter. She was. She actually didn't have an injury on her foot. I stabbed her. She <laughs> stabbed me. Was, she was so mad. <laughs> we could have a rematch if you want. Like we could. We could. If you guys want to throw oh, down. Sure. If you want to say to, fuck it with the po- I'll podcast. Have to, like, and- I'll have to feel her veins beforehand to see which one would be the most dramatic with the blood splurt, yeah. spurt, spurting out. Anything on my foot, apparently. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, those those are good times. You should go to GeeklyCon, listener, if you haven't. That's yeah, um, good as heck. It's just real. It's just really fun. It's so fun. It's me in Columbus again next year, and that everything was good about it. Every yeah. single thing. The worst thing that happened there, I think, was Sarah's foot, <laughs> <laughs> like splitting open. Yeah, it was bad, but also at the same time, I got a piggyback ride from Iraqi war vet. So, mm, how was your evening, true. guys? Wow. There that was go. her. That was her whole thing. Like she wanted that piggyback ride. She got it. I'm just saying. But Columbus, Columbus was great. I couldn't ask for a nicer place to bleed out. <laughs> That's true. 
Except for maybe Ritz Carlton. I don't know. I've never <laughs> been to one. Let's be honest. If you had blood out on the St. Louis ho- Hotel, you probably would have caught something. Yeah, no question. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. I'm, I would definitely... My foot would definitely have been amputated at this point. I love St. Louis. St. Louis, don't do any, don't change. You're great. Maybe change a little bit. I mean, do change because you could use, you could use some stuff, but you're, you're a good city at heart. Good city, bad hotel. Yes. Hashtag. Anyway. Hey, do you know what's fun? Harry Potter. I agree. Uh, Oh, yeah. What do you want to talk about? You brought us all here today, Matt, because you wanted to talk about Harry Potter desperately. Yeah, because you know, uh, we're here. My life is Harry Potter. That's pretty much day to day i mean i know i said i was a lawyer and stuff but pretty much harry potter is really what's where my heart truly lies um i could tell yeah so um last time i was on last year i'm sure you guys all remember you probably everyone all the listeners probably listened to my previous appearance uh in preparation for my current appearance i assume mm-hmm. you can pause it right now and go back and listen to the last one yeah i don't remember what episode was that Episode. Uh, episode. I d- I just refer to it as the one that Matt was on, so oh. I don't think of the number. He was in episode one six of last season. Um, last year when I was on at the very near the end, I just re-listened to it before I came on, so I could remember what what you guys talk about in this podcast. Um, that couldn't have been sixteen, Bajaya, in book four. It was in book four. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I just looked it up. Okay, sorry, Matt. Sorry. No, that just good. seems impossible. We uh, we sort of like dropped a little like teaser right at the end about talking about. I think you guys were talking about house elves and sort of like their rights mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And we made kind of a joke about talking about you know like legal elements and like law or human rights or whatever related things in Harry Potter and how um, it's kind of interesting because some of that stuff gets kind of omitted or. At least in the, I, I've only read the books. I've never read all the sort of supplementary materials that you guys talk about. So I, I think we sort of had like made a goof about talking about that stuff. But I think it's kind of interesting because there's, you know, there's, there's Bajai and I were talking about like the giants and the centaurs and the, of course the house elves. There's all kinds of interesting things about, you know, these guys have rights and how it all sort of works in the Harry Potter world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So maybe that's really boring. I don't know. But maybe it's interesting. I think it's very interesting. It's not boring. Law, law is never that's true. boring. If there's one thing I've learned, it's that law is never boring. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope. not at all. Why are they laughing so much, Sarah? I don't. I de- because they think because law we know is interesting and good, and I understand all of laws. Mm-hmm. I obey the laws, and um, <laughs> that's good. Most of them, guys, I jaywalked today. What? Oh my gosh! It was on a one-way street. Nobody was gonna hit me. This is it's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. This is all privileged communications, Sarah, because you've got multiple lawyers on the podcast. I don't know what that means, but I appreciate your privilege. <laughs> I'm I'm recording this conversation so I can turn you in. No, um, but yeah, no, I think that sounds like that sounds important because I does. think that um, well, because I mean, to be fair, J.K. does think about werewolf rights sometimes mm. because clearly werewolves have been discriminated against. And uh, there are laws that have been passed that have deprived them of basic civil rights. Right. Essentially, they essentially say that Umbridge herself passed anti-werewolf legislation that makes it almost impossible for um, our good friend Lupin to get a job. That's so. okay. Mm-hmm. That's just not okay. That's that's. I don't know about you guys. I'm pretty sure America has has laws against that sort of thing, and I know Canada has laws against that sort of thing. But apparently. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, the Wizarding World does not. At least not in the 90s it didn't. Well, yeah. The discrimination in the Wizarding World is very blatant and they have very little laws against discrimination. Like, it's they drove out the giants from Great Britain because they didn't want them around and that was totally fine. They basically have enslaved uh, the house elves and that's fine too. Centaurs can only live in the forest. That's cool, too. Yeah, it is kind of messed up how they're like, this is a magical, wonderful world, except that every person is relegated to their weird class and stereotype. Like, goblins are can only be in Gringotts and are really stingy and weird. And, like, uh, yeah, exactly. It's just, it's, that's, that's actually very strange now that I think about it. Basically, only humans have real rights in the Harry Potter world. And, I mean, I, I understand that, like, animals might not have rights in our world, and sorry if PETA people. I don't know much about animal rights, except that, you know, whatever. But still, theoretically, we don't have a lot of different humanoid type species that we're dealing with. Maybe. That's true. I was I was reading, I read a little thing on the interwebs today in preparation for this, and it was talking Ooh. about how different species were, they were classed as beings or beasts. And that was mm. a thing. Yeah. Ooh, that's I actually read that. Believe it or not, I actually did some did some work. And Man. And, the, and the, the definition of being has changed over the centuries, according to, like, the wizarding world. It used to be if they could walk on two legs, they were beings. But then they were like, well, that's not cool because, you know, so-and-so walks on four legs yeah, or whatever. Centaurs yeah. have, have four legs. And then it was like, if they can speak, like, wizard language, I guess English or whatever, some kind of humanoid language, that was okay. But then they changed that. And now it's like, you can, they have a sufficient intelligence that they can understand and participate in the wizarding world. I'm not reading this. I actually remember this. And it was, yeah, because they have, mostly have, they could have understanding and also participate and have responsibility in sort of the rules of, of the wizarding world. But that's interesting, because then they presumably have some kind of rights that go with that. But then they're also still... Subjected to, you know, divisions and, and restrictions, you know, like you were saying about the centaurs in the forest and the giants and wherever, where the heck they live. And so I don't know. The they live in the mountains of uh, Russia now, apparently. It sounds like a whole bunch of bullshit to me. I'm not sure we should let our children read these books. <laughs> hey. The world's hard out there, man. Yeah, I mean, obviously she's doing it. She did it for a reason, Matt. She did it to let make us see that. This is what's happening in the wizarding world, and just because we're supposed to be all equal in our non-magic world doesn't mean we're all equal. It, I mean, I, there is the discrimination against gob or the discrimination against giants is presented as discrimination, obviously with Hagrid and everything. But, but I will say that, like, saying giants are all, you know, like what was it, guys? Carcass or something? Yeah, Golgamoth was the brutal one. Uh, like, I don't know. I'm judgment there. You know what I mean? That's not, that's not, that's not apolitical. I think, I think it's like the othering of the people. It represents, represents the othering of the people that are different than us, which is happening in our world today. So I think, I think that's what she, I don't know. I believe that's what she's trying to do. Maybe she wasn't. So the, the tall lady, I forget her name, that was in the book before she was a te- I think she was a teacher at one of the other schools. Yeah. Madame Maxine. Madame Maxine. And like Hagrid says, hey, you're part giant. And she's like, no, I'm not part She was like all embarrassed about no. that possibility or was like was insulted by the possibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But she was. She is. I mean, she is half giant. But she I mean, was. But that was because, I, and in that respect, it was because she felt like she would be judged and yeah. it was seen as something that's kind of sad and, and un- unnecessary. So it, I think that you're right. I mean, I do think that you're right, Bajaya. I do think that the, that's what JK was, was doing. But I think that in trying to, like, paint a magical landscape, and I, I mean, it is yeah. for children, but I do, I do think that it kind of 
was very human centric and that the like more mythical and um, fantastical creatures were relegated to less than human. I, I, I mean, like in the house elf thing, well, the house elf thing is very interesting because we've talked about this a little bit, but, um, but Hermione's insistence on freeing them, it is horrible that they're enslaved, but, Hermione's uh, approach to them is also kind of indelicate, and that's interesting mm. to think about too. Yeah. Giants, you know? um, yeah. it's it's a uh, there. There's definitely a couple things going on there where everything we're presented with with actual giants, you know, they're they're bad. <laughs> they're not. I mean, Hagrid, I guess, eventually kind of gets through to his brother. Yeah. Right. Like you could argue that, but boy, like they're extremely dangerous. Right. Like. Yeah, true. But here's the counterpoint to that. Mm. That's what conquerors thought about Native American culture or like people still think about Amazonian tribes that they think that they're uncivilized, brutal, whatever, like they don't speak our language, Mm. they kill each other, they go to war, whatever. Right, there's a, there's a judgment based on lack of understanding of culture. Yeah, I'm not saying that she didn't make up these, uh, uh, like Santor, like did she didn't give these magical beings certain classification when she first came up with it, but I think she as she went along with it, I think she tried to kind of slide in like parallels of our society mm. today. I mean, there's yeah. there's monsters in this world, right? Like there aren't monsters in our actual real world. <laughs> well, are you yeah. sure, Michael? I suppose. Um, yeah, I mean, we don't really talk about trolls that much. I mean, I think trolls are more like a monster versus like giants are maybe just like a a different culture that we don't understand right and we can also like we metaphorically have monsters but not i mean these are literal monsters right yeah (laughs) i mean ghosts i was like have you ever tried to battle a bear in a forest michael (laughs) no i haven't should i no it (laughs) don't do it I would argue that a grizzly, as beautiful and majestic as they are, could be perceived as a monster because it would it would tear your head from your body. Right, but it would probably run away from you. Honestly, no, not a grizz, not a grizzly. Grizzlies, grizzlies are not grizzlies are not runners. Black bears are runners. Okay, um, that's why that's why when you find a black bear, you like make loud noises. A grizzly will attack you. Man. Knowledge is knowing the grizzly's a monster. Wisdom is knowing <laughs> Michael is a monster. <laughs> hey, what? I can't believe you just I can't believe you just Mary Shelley'd him. The flip side of this is if the if they are these bloodthirsty monsters who kill people on sight, which is what we're told, which is what Hagrid essentially says. About giants. How how did uh how did Hagrid's dad, who is a tiny little man <laughs> Managed to get with Hagrid's mom. Have you ever seen the documentary Grizzly Man? Oh, no. No, I haven't. He got eaten by the grizzly. Well, before he got eaten by them, he was good friends with the grizzlies. Okay. So it's kind of like that. Like, you can you can earn trust. <laughs> Temporarily. And Hagrid's dad had a real fetish that he spent that much time <laughs> earning our trust. But maybe she was real horned up right at that time, and he was at the right place at the right time. How would logistically that work? Hagrid's dad was a charming motherfucker, I guess. Like, he really just laid that that on thick and pulled it off. I don't know. I've seen Stranger Things happen at the bar. I mean, let's be honest. He pulled, he pulled something off. Oh, that explains it. Beer goggles. Beer goggles, guys. So, Matt, tell us, like, if you were the attorney of, I don't know, 
uh, tell me, tell us from your attorney's per- point of view of what you would do to help. What these I would creatures. do well. First of all, you have to realize that that I work on because I work in labor law and I work on the employer side. So I represent the big bad organizations oh, that are trying no. to crush individual rights. So what I would do is destroy all of your arguments and and try to bury the evidence as much as possible. <laughs> but <laughs> but if I were a good person, if that's what you meant. I think I would point to the I would point to the fact that there you know that someone has legislatively taken the time to to say okay these are beings and they describe who's a being centaurs are beings giants are beings vampires are beings at least because they have presumably intelligence and responsibility and I would say well if you're having these criteria and these these categories then something has to go with that we have, you know we have things like the human rights act we don't say well you all have rights, but some of you have more rights than others. Well, I guess we have said that in the past, but that's generally not what we're doing. So why isn't there like a being rights act? Like you can all do this. And, you know, I, I think you think about the giants, like, oh, they all behave this way. But maybe they just behave the way we expect them to behave. You know, we've, we've established these these expectations for what giants are. They're violent. They tear your head off. You know, they, they, they're just they're bad. They side with Voldemort. But maybe, maybe they're just filling the role that we have decided they're supposed to fill in advance. We haven't provided them with the economic or social incentives that they need to become full or, you know, members of society as we see them. I think yeah, so. That's a fair point. I mean, definitely not the giants because uh, they they drove them away from Great Britain. They're like, go live somewhere else in like the mountains of Russia, please. This is just a bunch of liberal elite socialist bullshit. I agree. And I've had enough of it. I got to start my own country. In my new job, I'm like learning about equity and how just institutional racism. So Louisville is like the most, one of the most segregated segregated cities still because of redlining and everything in the 1930s. Mm -hmm. But I'm learning about like equity and how all that shit that happened back then still affects people's health and their well-being and their income still. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing in the wizarding world. They've been treating these creatures or these beings the same way for so many years. And they're like, well... Why don't you do better? I agree. It's true. No, I agree. Equity is different than equality. What about the Dementors, though? Why are we treating them different? Dementors can go fuck themselves. Why are they so bad? Maybe there's some sweet Dementors out there. Because they try to suck your soul out. I got real high there. I'm sorry. Chad, Chad, the sad Dementor who just <laughs> doesn't want to do it anymore. His parents made, his parents forced him into it. And all he wants to do is... He wants to go to art school. He wants to go to art school. He wants to make sculptures. Yeah, okay? He loves Rodin. More like fart school. Oh, girl. <laughs> I can't don't make, this don't make Don't make fun of Chad. He just wants a scholarship. <laughs> He's going to go to Durmstrang. He's going to do great. That's true. He would do great Do you think that they have art school at Durmstrang? No. Probably not. Is there wizarding art school? No. That's a good question. I don't, I remember hearing about the fine arts much in Harry Potter. Do they, they don't talk about like, oh, we've got to go to, I got drama this week. There's definitely statues. There's not a lot of humanities. And also it's not like in future chapters, they're going to talk about healers and like, there's no pre healers, like there's pre med or anything like that. So, you know, are they in school for another million years or, or it seemed like they have a leg up because even though it's hard, they've still been doing spells their whole life that have to do with defense. They haven't been doing a lot of healing spells as far as I know, but you know, poor Madame Pomfrey, she's underappreciated just like all nurses. So, I don't know. Yeah, is like, is Hogwarts just kind of like trade school? Is that basically what it is? Because they don't seem like they, there's no like liberal arts at all. Like, they don't. It is kind of like trade school because we talked about this uh, on Paul's episode 
where they come in um, just like as 11-year-olds and they don't learn how to read or do math. They apparently are supposed to know how to read and do math when they come in. I don't know what the school is. They're not learning about their own civil rights. They're not advocating for anyone else other than their wizarding selves. And there's only there's there's not a lot of diversity in Hogwarts. We don't we don't hear a lot about that. That's true. I'm just saying. I was gonna say the the, the Patils and uh, Dean Thomas and and Lee Jordan. That's it. Angelina Johnson. Uh, no, Blaze Blaze Zabini. Blaze Zabini is no, also no, no. Minority. Is Blaze? I thought Blaze was only black in like fan art. No, I think he is. No, he was black in the movie. But yeah, but I don't think he is in the book. I think it was in the book. Is I it? don't think they. She specifically says uh, a lot of like other house people. Right. One thing I do like about the cursed child is that they did cast a black woman as Hermione for- and her child. Well, yeah, because she's a black woman. <laughs> well, my uh, my sister has two kids and they look very white. So that's true. But you know that would probably be ill advised to cast two white children. That's true. <laughs> Just saying. So I think we solved it, right? We solved yeah. it. We solved the human rights issues in Hogwarts and the wizarding world. We will send J.K. Rowling our, our bill. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. It's going to be very expensive. Then again, she also has all the monies, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. I think you should just Venmo her for your for your legal fees for this this half hour hour. I mean, but we, I think we, we were, like, preparing for the last, like, half an hour also, so... All of my research beforehand, too. That's what I'm saying. That's, like, at least... An I, hour. I'm very, I'm very expensive per hour, guys. Um, Matt, uh, where can people find you if they want to uh, tell you you're wrong on the internet? Well, that would be a foolish, foolish endeavor because, obviously, I'm a very good arguer. But if they'd like to try, uh, they can find me on the Twitters at MaesterMattie. M-A-E-S-T-E-R-M-A-T-T-Y. All right. Awesome. Like Game of Thrones. Some of us don't watch Game of Thrones. And some of us were watching a show or a movie with their sister the other day, and she's like, that's that guy from Game of Thrones. And I was like, I don't know. Sure. Thanks, Matt. Excellent. Well, thank you All so right. much for joining Thanks, us. Matt. We love no you. Thanks, guys. Great talking to everybody. Bye. so honored right now why because i get to read this week's thank yous i you did such a good job last time that i thought we should have you do it again well i'm double honored but also you should be honored to hear me reading michael this is a good list though this is a good list can i trade you for this list list? okay so i'm gonna start it because this is a good list (sighs) we got steven adkins yeah thanks steven thank you steven we got scott russell i love scott russell what up scott he's a very good boy (laughs) Oh, <laughs> we got Mike DeJong. Yeah, Mike. Mike DeJong is also a very good boy. What's up, Tolkien? Craig Hart. Yeah, Craig. So Craig. I'm sure is a good boy. Everyone's a good boy. I. It's not just those people. <laughs> um, okay. Again, Raul Abara. Raul Abara. Raul Abara. I don't know why you, can pick you which make one this you want. so difficult every time, sir. <laughs> What's that? I don't know why you purposely make this difficult every time. <laughs> I love it. Matt Cochran. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Jennifer Gatlin. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, Jennifer. Hi. Uh, Mike, Mike McGinley, I think. 
No. Michael McGinnis. Mike McGinnis. I think well, McGinnis. that guy. I think it's French. Is that? <laughs> oh, Michel Nachini. Michel Nachini. Thank you. Merci. There's no mics in Canada. Then Michael Thomas. Yeah. Hey. Woo. And finally, Ashley Longman. Yeah, Ashley. What's up? He lives, Thanks, he lives in Europe. Really? Yeah. Nuh-uh. Hi over in Europe. Hello. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Thank Seriously. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us for You're a Wizard, Ari. Our editor is Alan Matthews. Podcast art by Jesse Carlton and music by Sean Fagan. Want to help out? Leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Want to get in touch? Email us at potterpod at geeklyinc.com. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter. I'm Thrifty Nerd, and these other two are Her Lady Tompkins and Ethnic Ninja. I'll let you figure out which is which. <laughs> oh, because it's like, Alan, I'm just going to say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, oh eight, nine, zero. <laughs> So, no, but now we can combine. So, like, he can figure out, we can figure out what it is, and then he can say, two, zero. It is one, seven. <laughs> Episode one, seven. <laughs> I like the, so, <laughs> no, Alan, do that. Just t- cut out all this part and just put in, splice in her saying one, six. I mean, this is like a chihuahua and a great Dane. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that even possible? A great Chihuahua? I don't know. Is it possible? Let me, I actually saw I actually saw a gift today of a Great Dane humping no a, a very tiny dog, and I'm gonna send it to you. Well, but no, don't you gotta send go me the that. other way though. The word humping makes me uncomfortable. Oh, it wasn't like inside the small dog. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god, Alan, cut this out. <laughs> Alan, leave it in. <laughs> this is the material everybody wants. No. Send us the gift. Do you know what? When I was little, I used to think Chihuahua. I like saw the word as a child, and I thought it was Chihuahua. So that's how I remember how to. <laughs> that's how I remember how to spell it. I'm like Chihuahua. Chihuahua. Man. Guys, the internet tells me a Chihuahua Great Dane doesn't exist. <laughs> it's not possible. I mean, that's good. Someone would have to like pick the Chihuahua up. It says. Um, there is no, there's no proven and reliable source to confirm that this dog breed exists. Also, so a Chihuahua could possibly impregnate a Great Dane and that would be okay. Mm. But a Great Dane impregnating a Chihuahua and that Chihuahua getting pregnant with giant ass babies. That would be bad. Would not be okay. No. But there's been a, but there's not even been, uh, there's not even been a a Great Dane being, there's not any evidence of it. Well, that's good. I'm happy. That is good because, like, even French bulldogs, like, are horribly inbred and can't give birth yeah. by themselves anymore. So, anyway. I think we've what found a, weird thing to, a new... What a weird what a weird thing to come upon, friends. I think we've found a new purpose for this podcast. <gasps> no, you shut to your face. To create the... 
the Chihuahua Dane. The great. What, the, the great, great Chidane. The great <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> Guys. Uh, I have a new calling in life. Man, this is good Harry Potter content. This is great Harry Potter content. Um, also, if you, there are apparently a lot of videos of Great Danes humping little dogs and little dogs humping Great Danes. So, <laughs> if you really are curious. So, if you want that, if you want that in your search history, find, go I ahead. find the Reddit gif. Damn. Damn, Darn damn, it. damn. You should tweet them all Maester at Maddie. Oh, Ethnic oh, Ninja. Shit, no. Well. Well, Matt, uh, come back next year and our next book and we'll yeah. have that gif waiting for you. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. How am I going to wait an entire year for that? Oh, though, you Michael? won't have to. I, I'll, I'll be just patient. keep finding more. <laughs> I was like, anticipation, you know, just. Hooray. Man, Alan's going to be so excited to hear all this. Yay.